Hello, this is your host, Dr. Casey Bradley, and welcome to Pig Progress's The Real P3 Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the producers around the world. So, what the pig? Welcome to the special series of The Real P3 Podcast, and I have a panel of incredible women that I have met in my career, either through swine research through different meetings or the real P3 and I've brought some of them back to have a panel to discuss what's unique about these incredible women in the swine industry is they've all immigrated to a different country for their careers and so I kind of wanted them to share their experiences. So we have some puddle jumpers jumping across short distances from Ireland to the Europe to Caroline jumping across from Colombia to the U.S. to Europe and then back to the U.S. And then we have a lot of different cultures here. So I'm really excited to share that. But I'm going to go ahead and start with the group. And I'm going to go by my window, even though the audience can't see that. And I'm going to have Dr. Hamana Portal introduce herself and tell us about her story. Hello, everyone. My name is Jimena Pasportal. I'm originally from Bolivia. I guess my path in agriculture starts when I first did an exchange program and I went to Australia and I lived at a farm with, um, they had organic cattle, which to me was the first time seeing a cow or any other animals besides my, my pets. And then that's when my interest in agriculture started. Later on, I would move to Honduras to Zamorano University. That's where I did my bachelor's in environmental engineering and socioeconomic development. That gave me the opportunity to go to Texas Tech and do my master's in agricultural economics. And after that, I started working with Handler. That's when I was exposed to the swine industry. Prior to that, I didn't know (laughs) much about the swine industry. Uh, Once I started working here, I realized that maybe that was something I could be good at. Maybe not from raising the pigs standpoint, but my interest in how we can make a better impact and how we can raise pigs sustainably was um, what drew my attention. That way I ended up doing my PhD in swine nutrition as well. And now currently I work for the financial team where I'm their senior business analyst. And she just finished her PhD at Oklahoma State. So, So she has two different universities in the U.S. that she's studied with. Next one as part of our panel would be Dr. Caroline Gonzalez, and I'll let her go ahead and introduce herself. Yeah. Hello, everyone, and nice meeting you. Uh, My name is Caroline Gonzalez, and I'm originally from Colombia. As Casey said, I started my career with a passion of animals since I was little. Um, Wanted to to study more wild animals like lions, but... (laughs) In my country, that was a limitation. So I started studying animal science while I was in the University, National University of Colombia. I got an opportunity to work with pigs and do an internship in Dominican Republic. So I have six months experience there working in three different farms. And then I moved back to Colombia. And then after that, I got another international experience going to Dr. Stein's lab in Illinois at uh, United States. 
And I was going there for six months doing research. And I just fall in love, uh, passionate about the research part, the nutrition. So I decided to pursue a master's and after that, a PhD with him. And yeah, it, it was a great experience, great opportunity to enter into the industry. I was after graduation, two years with Evonik in North America uh, for the technical role. And then after that, I moved to Germany to do uh, research. Uh, so I was in Germany for almost four years and then moved back to U.S. now working with Cargill in the innovation team and uh, has been all, uh, already a year. So, yeah, jumping here and there, but great experiences, uh, great learnings and for sure a lot to share with you guys. Before we move to the next one, because I think this is kind of important, Catherine's asking, what farm did you do your internship with at the Dominican Republic? Because that's where Catherine is from. Oh, okay. I did with three. One was Marcanos farm. The other one was La Loma. And another was uh, genetic pork. I didn't even know that about you, Caroline. So that's (laughs) awesome. Yeah, that was my first international experience. And I think it was a great middle step, you know, because it was like still speaking Spanish and kind of Latin culture. So it was a smooth transition. So I think that I was pretty blessed with that uh, smooth transition and then jumping to US. It was, yeah, a little bit more a challenge, but uh, yeah. yeah, having a separation from your family, from your culture, I, I think it helped me to have that middle step to prepare for what was coming later. Well, awesome. And that's going to bring up some good questions here in a minute. But the next lady, the incredible researcher that I know is Dr. Ursula McCormick, and I'll let her introduce herself and tell you a little bit about her background. Thanks, Casey. Yeah. Hi, everyone. So my name is Ursula McCormick. Uh, I'm originally from Ireland, but I'm currently sitting on the border of Switzerland, Germany and France, which is currently a beautiful place to be. I maybe like the other wonderful ladies on the call. I don't have a background necessarily in farming, um, but I always wanted to work with animals. I initially started out uh, wanting to be a vet and then realized very quickly that I would be too attached to them and it would be a difficult job to have. I, so I decided to do a bachelor's degree in agricultural science um, from UCD in Dublin in Ireland. And it was actually during my work placement in the third year of the bachelor's degree that I actually stepped foot onto a pig farm. And I very quickly fell in love with everything pigs. I loved that you can do things that very differently on different days. I loved how high energy, fast paced everything was. And I knew I wanted to learn more about the industry and probably sounding very cliche, but I wanted to help make a difference um, for the pigs. So I decided to continue a little bit my education and I went to do a PhD with CHAGISC, which is the Irish Agriculture and Food Safety Authority. Uh, And that was looking at the intestinal microbiome um, and feed efficiency in pigs. And then I finished that in 2017 and decided that I wanted to do more research. So I went to do a postdoc in Northern Ireland, uh, which was looking a bit more on changing the diet and seeing what effects can have on ammonia and odor emissions um, and their growth performance in in mostly finisher pigs. 
And that made me realize that I have quite an interest in environmental sustainability. Uh, and it also helped me realize that I wanted to move to the industry uh, and see what research was like from, from that point of view. So I looked very hard to find a company that shared a passion for the environment, for sustainability, for uh, making difference in agriculture. So I got the opportunity to join DSM and I've been working there since the summer of 2019 um, as a scientist in the swine innovation team, although now we're called translational sciences. And I'm currently working on developing new feed additives for, for swine um, to improve nutrition, health, uh, and in the environment. So that's a little bit about me. Well, and I was going to say, working with you on a sow farm, I couldn't tell that you didn't grow up in the swine industry because you just yeah. in and uh, love the pigs. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, the last member of our panel is Catherine Bell. You, She is no stranger to the real P3, but I will let Catherine introduce herself a little bit more and her background of how she got involved in the swine industry. Okay, good morning, everyone. So my name is Catherine Marcano Bell, and I will call myself the incidental pig farmer. Like some of you, little to no background. I do have Marcano family back in the Dominican Republic from where I'm from, but somewhat distance, distant relations. I ended up, I moved to the United States when I was really, really young, and New York City. Uh, from there, I moved to Iowa, went to college, met my husband, got married, and he already had like a facility for pigs. And after that, we got married and expanded to five or six facilities, <laughs> at least five facilities. And um, we are a two-men, woman operation in Iowa. Washington County, which is, to my knowledge, uh, last I checked, uh, the biggest hog producer um, in the nation. Well, and I was going to say the pigs definitely outpopulate the people in Washington County, Iowa. By in the whole state. Yeah, in the whole state. <laughs> in yeah. the whole state. Yeah. Uh, the pigs on my farm are more than what the state of Iowa has, probably. Oh, wow. So, exactly. So, we have a variety of cultures and I appreciate you all being on here. Thank you, Catherine, for introducing yourself again. Where I wanted to take the conversation is because in today's swine industry, and we've talked about it a lot, there's a changing dynamic. There's a lot more women coming into the swine industry, but there's also a lot more immigrant labor. And not just in the U.S. swine industry, we could go to Europe and see the same thing from the farm staff to as we see some of these scientists. So non-traditional people coming into agriculture and, and being part of that. And one of the things I kind of wanted to talk about, because I think this could relate and advice for others to understand their employees and people they work with. What were some of the challenges you faced immigrating to a new country for your career? So I did not um, immigrate to the United States for a career, let alone um, in agriculture. It just so it happened that I immigrated here and it was education was challenging, both in the Dominican Republic and in the United States. I feel that um, I did not get what I wanted education wise. So I made it a point to learn on my own. My eyes were not truly open to the world, believe it or not, <laughs> until I came to Iowa. 
I've made this my home. Cannot imagine myself anywhere else. What was challenging is, you know, being a woman and a minority from certain cultures, races, there's a lot of ambiguity for expectations. And some of the expectations are unreasonable. So I kind of like to dance at the beat of my own drum. So, you know, I I came to Iowa. Um, I, I went to college and I was, there's farmland all around me. There's corn, there's beans. So I made it a point to learn about it and do some research about it. And I just, you know, got very interested in it. And that was before I even made my, my husband. Now, career-wise in here, I'm lucky. I'm extremely blessed. You know, marrying someone in agriculture is sort of open the doors to you. You have you still have to knock those doors and open them and occasionally knock them down. But I have been active, more active um, in agriculture and I like talking to new people and providing information, getting reference, etc. So that's kind of like me. <laughs> My story. Incredible. I love to hear that. And Catherine, that's why I invited you back because I hope this episode kicks down some doors. And so I'm going to go to a different perspective because when a lot of people hear Ursula and hear her accent or hear that she's from Ireland, they don't think of the immigrating as, as an issue. But what were some of your challenges, Ursula? Maybe I'll take a little bit of a, a personal approach to this one. And for me, it was the the isolation of moving to a country where I didn't speak the language. I had learned a little bit of French in high school, but I couldn't really string a sentence together. And of course, being me, I picked the region in France where if they don't speak French, they speak German. And my German is even worse than my French. So it was initially very difficult. And then also my luck six months after I moved here, we went into a global pandemic, uh, which was COVID-19, and I did home office for about a year. So it was super nice for the dog to have company all the time. But for me, sitting at home, it wasn't it wasn't so great. Right. And thankfully to the power of the Internet. Right. I was able to connect with my family and with friends back home. But it was still quite like a, a lonely time to be in a in a foreign country by myself. But I luckily made a very good friend in a colleague of mine from work who is also a very strong woman who had to migrate to France as well for her career, not not in the swine industry, but in general. So I was lucky to have her help me escape a little bit from from my house by myself. So it's a little bit of the challenge that I faced moving to to France. It's a beautiful part of the, the world, but it can be a little bit lonely if you can't partake in the in the conversation. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a good opening for Caroline, because knowing Caroline that she was in Germany as well during COVID. And unlike the U.S., there's a lot more restrictions. So, Caroline. <laughs> yes, I was also during COVID in Germany. Actually, it happened while I was in U.S. because we went to Midwest meeting. I was taking two weeks vacation after Midwest and actually during my first week of vacation, that's when all the airports are shutting down and canceling flights and all that. And at the company, every start going, uh, working from home and all that. So I got a phone call from, from my boss and told me to return immediately. 
So yeah, a lot of scary moments also because what was what was going on, no one know how was uh, being propagated the the virus and a lot of mortality, a, a lot of unknowns. Also, like getting into airplanes were the highest risk as well to get it. So it was very scary moments going back to Germany. Yeah, when I arrived there, it was completely like a desert. No one was in the streets and everyone was locked down and strong enforcement. Uh, everything was closed, all the stores, everything. Uh, the only thing was open were the, the the grocery stores, but it was also a limitation of how many people could get in and keep a long distance and no one could visit friends. So I was by myself in the apartment and not seeing a human being for many, many days only until I go to the grocery. So it was for sure a huge change from our daily basis because we are humans, we are social people. So that part was a lot of mental pressure, but at the same time, it made me stronger. And going through circumstances like this makes you realize the blessings you have in your life and, and also taking advantage of you know, having friends, uh, socializing with people, talking with your family, enjoying traveling. For me, the, one of my hobbies is to travel. So I, I really uh, love that part. And yeah, so it was a tough, tough situation. But thank God my family was healthy and all well, we, w- we went through all this. You were hearing many devastating news. Uh, from from friends and uh, their families and also losing their jobs and all that uh, in my country and some mortality. So it was tough, but also bring us together stronger. As from 2022, Pick Progress is proud to be teaming up with the Real P3 podcast. Professionals from around the globe already knew how to find Pig Progress as a reliable source of global and exclusive pig information through our website, newsletter, magazine, social media, and webinars. And now, in its 38th year of existence, there is no escaping. Your favorite pig media is prominently present in audio form as well. Find out more to access all podcast episodes and register for a free newsletter through www.pigprogress.net. Yeah, and I'm going to go to Hamana now. And Caroline and Hamana both moved to the U.S. for school. And do you feel, we talked about isolation, and I know traveling to foreign countries, when I can't speak the language, as Ursula mentioned, you feel very isolated. And I've worked for in, international companies, and 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 I've worked with international students throughout my whole career, and try to be inclusive, right, and know how that isolation feels do you think, Amanda, I mean, coming from college, did you guys feel isolation? What were some of your challenges? I know, kind of walk us through in your mind without COVID. Um, I think I was blessed and lucky to be part of Zamorano as my um, undergrad school. Because in Texas Tech, here in Enid, I was surrounded by Zamoranos too. So anyone who's heard of them know that they will come together and help you in any way. So that was my luck when I moved to the U.S., either when I came for my internship and when I came to 
pursue my master's and my PhD, I always got the Zamoranos helping me. So in that way, I was lucky to have them. But I think something um, that was not a great thing for me was having this imposter syndrome. I'm sure you've seen the meme that says, if you even knew how smart I am in Spanish. (laughs) So that's, I think, something that I had to go through. I spoke English, but of course, it wasn't my first language. So I always had that thing in my mind that I could say it better in Spanish if if, they, if this was uh, meeting in Spanish, you know? But I think I, I have overcome that a, a long way now and I'm more comfortable speaking English. But yeah, I think that was one of my main things at the beginning, at least. Yeah, But yeah, I like I say, um, I was lucky to have people around me who, who could relate to me, you know? First from your home country to a different country to pursue your studies and then then move to another country where it's not your first language. And you're basically by yourself unless you move with your family, then you're by your own. So even just surrounded by the Latino community was helpful for me. So I'm going to take the the mics on mute so anybody can jump in on this. Do you feel not being able to English or in Ursula's case, French or German being your first language? Do you think that discriminates you? Does that make you feel isolated I mean kind of does that not open doors for you I mean what are some thoughts on that for me for sure it's a challenge to learn a a language when you are grown up I didn't have good English when I was in Colombia so it was a challenge for me when I came to U.S. you encounter sometimes people that they are not as nice and when you ask them to repeat because you didn't understand the first time, they just turn the back and make a, 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 a nice face or they just ignore you and they don't keep the conversation with you. But there are also nice people that they just repeat and repeat until you get it or say it in a different way. So you will encounter those type of things and that's life. Also, it helps you to, to get stronger and and also to motivate you to go to the next level and push yourself uh, more and more. So I, I started taking kid books from the library, yeah, and, and also watching cartoons and putting subtitles. I really had to improve my English from, from, from uh, the basics that I had. I, I had no, no idea how to have a conversation or to listen. I, I didn't know anything much. So for me, it was a struggle. And when I went to Germany, I had to start all over again with German language. So uh, German is not an easy language. But also you, again, encounter those type of people that some of them like to speak in English to you and others they don't, even though uh, some of them knew how to speak English, but they didn't. So you just have to yeah, motivate yourself and learn the language and yeah, keep going. Don't give up and don't let others turn, turn you down. Uh, also, it's a, a plus uh, getting this type of skills. Uh, so it, it's just unique experiences. And I encourage anyone to learn another language. And it's also fun. I, I turn it more in the torture into a fun, fun thing. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I have like a like a similar experience, right? It's but it's on the flip side because 
I'm quite lucky that English is my my first language and a, a lot of the time, probably 90% of the time, science or, or my career is in English. So it's easy from that point of view. But working with like the, the research center that I was based at or even going to the grocery store, at one point I had learned the exchange with the people in the grocery store, like are you going to pay with card or with cash? Do you have a, a loyalty card? All these things. And if they strayed from that specific like dialogue, I was totally lost. <laughs> and so it's, it can be quite challenging, but I like that you say, you know, flip it over and make it a positive, make some fun out of it. And it is a great experience to put yourself out of your comfort zone and try and speak, or at least try and understand another language. Because I've, I've learned at least in France, if you start speaking in French, it's easier to change to English um, that if you straight away go and say, do you speak English? It, it usually gets you off on a better foot with them. So at least from my point of view, I, I haven't really felt like I've been too limited being here because luckily for me, the, the company that I work for is quite global. So I've, I'm based here, but I work with people all over the world. So it doesn't seem too, too isolating from that front, but I guess it, it depends on the situation, right? Catherine Himana, do you want to touch on that a little bit? For me, I think it's being it's open doors to be bilingual, especially when you're networking and meeting new people. Um, there will be people whose their English is not their first language, but they understand Spanish. So it's helped me. I think I had to learn the swine lingo <laughs> because I knew <laughs> nothing. <laughs> but now I'm more comfortable. And like they all said, it's a fun experience to start learning more words and to start learning learning a new language. So to me now, even Portuguese, I can understand a little bit. I won't speak it, but I, at least I can get some words and make sense of what they're talking about. So yeah, I would encourage anyone to learn a new language. It's going to get you further. It's never going to... Um, you know, limit your your uh, possibilities is only going to increase them. And I think that's what's uh, happened to me. And Catherine, what's your thoughts from rural Iowa? Well, isolation. Yes, I think many of us can relate. Ultimately, doesn't matter how or when or where, isolation is isolation. And I feel like the last panelist appointed, Shimena, uh, like she pointed that being bilingual does open doors. I kind of have this kind of attitude that I will just go all in. There's no bad if middle ground. I will just go in. Don't care if I have an accent or if I don't know the word. I deal with that by making light jokes or using comedy. I find that that People will approach you and treat you how you treat them. So I do my best to be super confident. <laughs> mm -hmm. So getting away with that, have I faced any discrimination? Probably. But obviously, it was so unimportant that I do not remember because it's just not worth the time in my brain. <laughs> so that's just how I deal with it. I am in a rural town in Iowa. It's like 800, 800 or 900 people population-wise, and we're sparse. I do not have anyone to speak Spanish with. And my kids, that's another story. They understand some, but that's about it. If I want to talk in Spanish, I will call my mom and my family's in New York and back in the Dominican Republic, but they all know some English. And I always 
catch myself uh, span, uh, speaking in uh, Spanglish uh, or reverting back to English. So it's like knowing several languages is very important and definitely open doors. But when you're a master of none, eh, that, that kind of gets in the way sometimes. <laughs> I love it. So kind of switching gears a little bit just on the women, right? We're obviously work internationally, very diverse group here. What can the swine industry do to be more supportive of women to pursue their careers, regardless of our backgrounds? Uh, maybe I can start just for for me. I think it's really about starting early, you know, getting that education into them, like in even going back to early school, right? I know for me in university, it wasn't until my third year where we really started to learn about monogastrics in general or, or, or pigs. So getting early education, promoting agriculture in general, but specifically swine in the schools in order to show people or, or women where their meat comes from and how it's produced and how we can get these women to join our industry is, is so important. But I really think that it starts with, with the younger generation and getting them educated, getting them involved and creating this like long lasting future for, for the swine industry. I think it's going to be so important, right? And it's so nice to be part of this call where we have so many diverse backgrounds and people from, from everywhere that I think it's so nice to highlight that we really need to continue this strong connection, being diverse, being inclusive. But I think it really needs to start from, from a young age. And I can add to that as well. Go ahead, Catherine. Yes, I can add to that, that for me personally, I do also have that imposter syndrome till today. It's in the back of my head, that little thing nagging at me. The swine industry has changed a lot just in the last decade alone. It has changed a lot. There's just a lot of women that are officially working in ag at any level or capacity. And I love to see that. But to be honest with you guys, and this is just my view, women have always been in agriculture. We are like the background support person that does it all or does a lot and they may not just get recognition but at least where I live any farm wife that I know every farm wife that I know they're pretty badass if you don't mind me saying what can the swine industry do to be more open well I just feel that number one don't don't use uh, people that are from another country or language, immigrants, um, as a token when it's convenient. If you're going to be talking to them and asking about their experience and successes and failure, always keep in mind that to, to help break down some barriers, to help that person network and connect if, if that's what that person wishes to do. I know that in the past I was trying so hard to be an Aggie or participate and in, in be more um, vocal about what is it that I do. Now I have calmed down <laughs> a lot and I just play it by ear. There's my lingo slang. <laughs> um, I just take it easy. And if something comes my way and I can produce something or 
give something back, add something of value to the conversation, then then I will. Also, the swine industry, um, I, I feel like they do need to focus more on not a broad spectrum like all minorities. How about we focus on women producers, women that are owners, women that are in science, uh, they're the one studying, uh, doing research, because to put us all in one group, it's just too ambiguous. To me, it doesn't work. So I would like to see, oh, women in agriculture, we, we have the uh, brainiac one, we have the, the hand uh, worker one, we have the marketing people, this and that, or we have the women that are, you know, boots and coveralls on the ground, but they also do this and that on the side. So that's, I don't know if that makes sense. It totally makes sense because I think, you know, women in ag, it's a big social media platform and group and all the photos they ever post is women out on tractors or in the barns with the animals. And I have an amazing group here, Catherine, you work with animals, but you also work on the business side with your husband. We got Humana. I've watched her blossom. I've watched Caroline blossom and Ursula blossom. You not only as scientists, but economics and business analysts and making key decisions. If Humana messes up the job, Hanor loses millions of dollars. We so, definitely wear a lot of hats in here. Yeah, we all wear so many different hats. I do work with animal uh, animals, uh, pigs. We have confinement hogs or indoor hogs, and we are finishing. So uh, we finish these pigs. We bring them to the market, and I'm, I'm very hands on. That's that's my job. That's what I do. But. I also pay bills. I also <laughs> do other managerial stuff because I'm owner and owner operator. So yeah, I can be in the tractor one day, but most of the time I am covering in manure from head to toes. So yeah, that's that. <laughs> okay, Caroline, uh, Hamana, any thoughts the industry can be more supportive for women? Yeah, I mean, from my standpoint, I think to show that the swine industry is not only being at the farm, you know, because not everyone loves that. Personally, I'm not a big fan of going up to the farms <laughs> often, <laughs> but I can see myself doing my job for the swine industry from, my, from working from home, from my desk, and still making an impact. So maybe a woman out there is not attracted to being at the farms, but she might be attracted to what the swine industry is as a whole. So maybe she can make an impact from the sustainability standpoint, maybe working from the, with data, maybe formulating diets. So I think we have to show that the swine industry has grown and that technology now is part of the swine industry. Data science is now part of the ag industry overall. And that's a good way to attract, I think, a different type of women to the industry as well as also identifying men that support women. There might be some old school person who doesn't, but I'm sure there is, because I've met these men that support their women's careers and they mentor them. And it's always helpful to not only for this to be a conversation between women, but also to have men who support other women, you know? I was going to amen. I think Catherine said amen as well, or yes to that, but I would not be where I'm at if it wasn't for my husband supporting me and giving up his career. And we've had to compromise. What is your thoughts, Caroline? I agree with Ursula on educating young girls, uh, what type of opportunities 
uh, we can have in the industry. Because, yeah, as I said at the beginning, my dream was to be working more with wild animals. I didn't know anything like there was a whole industry, whole industry for pigs, uh, right? Because I grew up in Bogota, I'm from a big city, so we are not exposed to this type of information. So, yeah, bringing more awareness of the whole potential of careers that are in, in the swine industry or in the agriculture industry by itself uh, will, will support a lot. And just also see the value of, of the person, regardless of the gender, the, the value that can bring to, to the team, to the industry, you know, we are all smart people. We all have different talents. Yeah, just support each other and, and uh, yeah, maximize everyone's potential. And, and that's, I think, my thoughts on, on that question. Awesome. So what is one piece of advice you would give to someone wanting to enter the swine industry or immigrate for their careers? I'll keep it really simple. Just do it. Just try it. The, the worst that can happen is you don't like it or something goes wrong and then you can try again somewhere else. I moved over here thinking, oh God, what am I doing to myself? And it turned out to be the best thing ever. COVID and the language barrier aside, it's been great. So my advice, just just try it. That is fantastic. I totally agree with that. The easiest way to overcome doubt and being shy or feeling out of place is to jump in. My, my personal belief is that it doesn't matter what age you are. You can be a teenager, you can be a young woman, you can be a married woman, a single mother, older or middle-aged woman. It's never too late to work in ag. And there's so many things that you can do. This is such a, such a versatile profession and a noble one at that. Learn it. Try to find someone who can mentor you. Try to uh, just knock on doors. The sky is the limit. Education is important, but you know what? Between you and me, what I learned in college, it doesn't really help me here. So if you went to trade school instead, or if you just graduated high school and you're looking for a job in ag, job experience in the job will get you there. You will learn that. But don't feel that, oh, I need to have an education to work in agriculture. Yes, if you want to be a, a vet or if you want to become a scientist that works with dietary needs for animals, Perhaps, but anything else you learn on the job. And there's something that that college won't teach you, and that is skills on how to work with others, work as a team, being polite, things like that. So work ethic, it, it won't show it won't, won't teach you that. So you go ahead out there, put yourself out there and just show it through your work. But remember that you have nothing to prove. To anybody. Just be happy and enjoy yourself. Caroline, Amanda, I'm tearing up here because you truly are all are inspiring me and have in my careers. And uh, any other last minute thoughts from Caroline or Hermana on advice? I think my advice would be to surround yourself with people who support you. Because there's always either you're a woman where you're uh, Hispanic or any other um, nationality, there's always going to be someone looking down at you, but there's 
going to be five more that are, that are looking up to you and that are going to support you. So I would say reach out to those people. Those are the ones that matter. Those are the ones that are going to help you throughout the difficult times that are going to inspire you to do better or and, and that are going to give you advice when you sometimes are messing up, you know? <laughs> so that would be my advice uh, if you move to a different country, even if you move to a different city, just reach out to the people that uh, are going to support you and support your dreams. That's what I have done. And that's where I'm at, where I'm at today, because I surrounded with people who support me and that help me. Yes. From my side, have a clear goal, a really good motivation in your heart. And uh, that will be a key driver because there will be obstacles, but if you have a clear vision where you want to head in, that will be your motivation. So in my case was my family always was my motivation. And despite I have to separate from them, being alone in a new culture, new language, many obstacles, always I have them as a motivation to keep going, keep going and seeing I was every time closer to the end goal. And that if I was able to accomplish the future that I could bring to my family was better than if I was just giving up. So thank God, uh, God helped me a lot in this journey. It was days that I cry a lot and and it, it was tough. I, I cannot lie to anyone. Days that, yeah, you just wanted to give up. But yeah, thank God and my family support me so much. Those kind words of motivation from them were my drivers. Uh, just keep going. Make Those experiences uh, will make you stronger. And also sharing with people, like I love this opportunity, Casey, that you bring to us and to the audience to share this type of experiences that we are not alone. This is common to experience this. So any help you need, just let us know. We are here to help also to encourage each other. Well, I think that is a great note to end this panel on. And obviously, reach out to us if you want to learn more. We're all here to support you. I think everyone on this call would say if you need support or inspiration, they're here for you. And so if you want to get in contact with one of these incredible professional women that I have had the honor to not only meet, but become friends and colleagues, just reach out because we're here and we're going to do it in traditional real P3 passion or fashion, not passion, but passion, passion. <laughs> if you get a chance today, hug a pig for me. And I know Catherine is probably the one that can actually hug a pig today. Oh, no, mm-hmm. Ursula. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we can improvise. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> um, i not doing self-promotion or anything like that, but I put a link in there if you guys want to know anything. And yeah, if you ever want to hug a pig for real, you know where to find me. Yeah. Also, just know that when we turn around, most likely I'm going to feed you coffee and bacon. <laughs> no sweat. <laughs> well, thank you, ladies, again. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah.